This podcast contains sexual themes and is intended for open-minded adults. If you are under the age of 18, you should stop listening now. You're listening to Sharing is Caring. In this podcast, we talk openly about our journey into the lifestyle, about opening our relationship and our lives to a whole new way of thinking. Come and share our adventures into sex positivity and ethical non-monogamy. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Sharing is Caring. I'm Kiwi. And I'm Sherry. And we have finally got a new microphone. Well, it's actually a microphone we had lying around, which we managed to dig up. So hopefully the quality will be better for this episode than the last one. We actually just came from publishing our first podcast. So about two, three hours ago, we've uploaded it to a few of the stores. So it's being verified on the Google Store and on uh, the iTunes iTunes podcast store list thing, <laughs> which would take a few days. But there's another couple of third party ones. So we've got two listeners now. Yay. Woo-hoo! And subscribers as well. Yeah. Both subscribe, so thank you to our two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump straight into our catch-up then. So what did we do last night? By the way, it's Sunday today. Yes, it's Sunday and we're just relaxing. I'm having a tea, you're having a beer. We're on the couch. I'll be I'm having a beer, we say I'm having a beer. I'm having a non-alcoholic beer, yay. <laughs> still a beer. <laughs> yeah, still a beer, still a beer. It's actually one of the Heineken 0% ones. Out of like all of the non-alcoholic beers that I've tried, it's probably the best. Anyway, yeah, we were relaxing after... That wasn't a commercial, by the way. No. <laughs> after a crazy night last night. Quite crazy, I would say. Yeah. Um, so last night I organised a surprise dinner party. Well, not party, but... Surprising our experience for Kiwi. So we're trying to do something every weekend and make sure we get out and make the most of this year. Yes. So, um, as I said, it was a surprise. So he didn't know where I was taking him. It's immersive dining experience I was taking him to was in um, the vaults in London. And it was called, uh, what was it called again? Divine Proportions. Divine Proportions. And it was for adults only. Yeah. Obviously, until we, we arrived there, he didn't know where it was. He didn't know what it was. And we arrived and um, a few people were already there. Before we get into that, the vaults under Waterloo is a really, really cool venue. If no one's been there, like it's worth going there down Leak Street. It's like it's the old railway arches and it's a big path underway under there. And there's lots of spray painted tagging everywhere. And yeah. it's just a really. It looks a bit rough, but. Yeah, it looks rough. It's but a it's, cool venue. It's good. Yeah. You, you'd been there before, hadn't you? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times for, um, one of them was the Kiwis in London after party for Waitangi Day last year. And the other one was for Oktoberfest. So I hadn't been there before. Um, and I, I wasn't sure what to expect exactly, but turns out, yeah, we showed up. A lot of people were already there. A lot of couples. Everyone dressed up quite sexy. Yeah, everyone um, was, you know, dressed to the nines and yeah. all the makeup and everything done. So I sort of walked in and I was thinking, all right, what what's going on here, you know? <laughs> Sherry was really secretive about where we're going, what we're doing. and I, I, like, I like surprises. <laughs> and I didn't tell him what it was. And he was trying to guess what it was. And he <laughs> you thought it was probably a, a swingers event. Yeah, that was my first thought. Everyone's dressed up so nicely and it just had that And everyone that was feeling. looking quite young and nice. And yeah, people were generally good looking. And um, and there was a bit of a, 
a tension in the air. Yeah. I felt like maybe people were a bit shy before the show started. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like at the start of a of the start of a swingers party when people are just getting the feel for it and eyeing having a look at other. who's around. Yeah, mm-hmm. eyeing each other up. So, so we grabbed a drink and stood around eyeing everyone up. That sounds really creepy. <laughs> yeah, everyone was doing the same. Yeah, so we're standing around and having some of the snacks that were out, and there was a group of three people that were right beside us, mm. and two women and one guy. Yeah, and you 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 went away for a few minutes, so I was standing there by myself, and then yeah. the, as as you came back, they started talking to me and you, and uh, because they were doing uh, how how do you call it an arm wrestle. Yeah, they were doing an, an arm wrestle. Yeah, one of the women had huge arms. It was but good, huge. Yeah. Like, as in very muscly. Um, she was very fit. And um, they were doing an arm wrestle. And I think they wanted to engage with us because they were joking around and trying to joke with us. So we came closer to them. Yeah. And then the guy spoke to us. Yeah, the opening line, the first thing they said to us <laughs> was, uh, so do you two want a threesome with her? I was like, see, it is a swingers party. <laughs> I was shocked. I was thinking, what, what the hell? Do we really look so obvious? <laughs> well, this happened a few times to us. <laughs> yes, he has. So I, I, I was taken aback, so I didn't get to answer anything cheeky, but I said something along the lines of... I don't think taken aback, surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't get... I wasn't expecting it, so I didn't get to think about a comeback, a witty <laughs> comeback. So I just said... Oh, well, if she wants one, maybe it would be up to her to say so. Because <laughs> basically he was offering her to, to us. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, was, um, that was a funny start to the evening. And then we, um, we stayed with them for, well, for the whole evening. Yeah, we, yeah. we stayed and chatted with them downstairs. And then they called everyone upstairs and the groups that they were and seated them at the table and everything. And when it came to be our turn to be called upstairs... We were walking up looking for a table and they're like, no, no, come join us. And they all squashed down their table when we joined them. So yeah. we got to chat to them all through dinner and had a, had a lot of banter and back and forth. And Yeah, no, it was quite really cool. Well. They were nice. They were a bit younger than us, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, and then uh, at one point <laughs> we ended up having a food fight over dessert. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah, your shirt was. I got a bit uh, covered. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, was, that was good fun. Yeah, and bit of dancing and everything at the end, but it didn't evolve into anything more. Not on our side. Not on our side. I think that opening line from him was an in to try and break the ice to start talking about a threesome with that other girl. Yeah, because it was that couple with the girl, and I think they wanted a threesome with her. Yeah. And there was a good opening to mention to mention it about us, so so he got the feels of how she would react to a threesome potentially yeah but i think they probably got it at the end because the two girls were making out during dinner and it looked quite hot it looked like it went that direction for them yeah good on on them (laughs) (laughs) which actually our catch-up leads very nicely into our very next swinger experience our next experience in our journey which was also meeting someone out in the wild or a couple out in the wild yeah and so it seems to have happened to us quite a few times. We must have the look about us that we're swingers or... Or maybe it's just more common than we think. Maybe it's I never imagined that in, in non-swinging events, you could actually meet other couples, but it happens to us. Yeah. That's yeah. just because you're so good looking that I just push you out front and people <laughs> go, oh, hello, is that? 
<laughs> That's not how it happened. <laughs> so our very next experience was not long after our first time going to Fever. It would have been a, a couple of weeks later, a few weeks later, and we didn't expect it to be a swinger experience either. Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was just going to be a fun night out. So there's a thing in London called Secret Cinema, which is an immersive cinema experience. We got a lot of immersive experiences. Yeah, apparently. I love them. Yeah, I love fancy dress. So for me, it's quite a good way to experience fancy <laughs> dress and everyone around me to be also in costumes. Yeah. So what's what's the concept of Secret Cinema? So they pick a, a film in uh, in that case. The example was uh, Moulin Rouge. And they recreate basically the set of the film. Yeah. Um, and everyone has to get dressed in a costume that's, um, well, that could belong to the film, basically. And we get allocated a character and... Uh, a and bit of a backstory as well. Yeah, a backstory and uh, some kind of mission or someone to talk to. Um, yeah. So who, who were we? Uh, I was Edgar Degas, so a painter who... A French painted, painter. Yeah, French painter. Very famous. Lots of ballerinas and stuff like that. Yeah. I was very excited when I saw you, the name of your character <laughs> and you had no clue. <laughs> that was really funny. And there was um, Teresa Berkeley. Teresa May. <laughs> Not May, Berkeley. Um, who is also a real life character. I had never heard about uh, this one. And she was a madame in the late 1800s. Yeah. And she was uh, an SMM. Inventor, yeah, dominatrix, but she invented um, the Berkeley horse, which was a uh, some kind of S and M device. Yeah, not device, but a flogging horse, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, you're you're annoyed because you got pretty much the only English character in the whole thing, and you're well, French. It's Moulin Rouge. It's set in in Paris, and I would I expected that I would get a French character, and I, it would have been really easy for me to get into character with my accent and all. Uh, <laughs> but in the end, no, I got I, know, I got an English one. But I really like the character because um, I like dressing up um, Gothic style, and because she was a dominatrix, I got to dress up all in black with a corset. Um, a little whip. Yeah. You looked really good, actually. <laughs> you looked really good. Yeah, it was fun. So we, we went along and we're having a lot of fun and joining in these experiences and going around and having some drinks. And then when it comes to the portion where you actually watch the movie, there's not assigned seating or anything like that. There's only seating within different groups. So we sit down and next to us, another couple comes and sits and the girl sits down by you. Yeah, she was next to me. And starts chatting away. She obviously she had a few drinks. Very tipsy. <laughs> but she was um yeah, very engaging, really chatty and we very funny and very flirty. A, yeah, very flirty. In a, in a good mood, like she was enjoying the night. Yeah. And it was it was nice. So as you chatted more and more with her, it became more and more obvious that she was quite into you. And, and I she was, was flirting I was with oblivious you. because um to me, a girl being friendly with me is just that, a girl being friendly with me. And you you were, as usual... As usual. <laughs> whispering in my ear. Saying, I don't have to do it anymore. You seem to notice these things. <laughs> yeah, now, now a bit more. But it's been a couple of years now. I was saying, you know, she's flirting with you. She's obviously really into you. And you're, oh, I don't she know. She was there with her boyfriend. It was really not obvious to me. Yeah, so were you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um... 
So then eventually you lent in and started touching her hand and she re- she reacted well to that. Well, I was just listening <laughs> to, to your instructions. Do this, do that, because that's what I do and that's what works. Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare doing it myself and you're just pushing me gently to do things and I follow and it works. <laughs> so that's what I did. You would make a great submissive. <laughs> So what happened next after you started touching her hand? I think she kissed me on the cheek or something, which oh. kind of started it because... Uh, well, started what? Started the whole thing because I responded by also kissing her. I can't remember which one kissed the other first. Was it me? I think remember? I remember you saying that she kissed you on the cheek in a joking way and then you leant in and kissed her and she started kissing you back. Yeah. And then for the rest of the film... Oh, we were making out a lot. Sherry was gone. I don't think she saw any more of the film. <laughs> they were making out and groping and touching and obviously very much enjoying each other. She was so good looking with her corset and hair and makeup. It was yeah. <laughs> straight out of the film. Yeah. So after the film finished, we all went back downstairs and had a drink together and had a bit of a dance and exchange numbers. Yeah, unfortunately, she was a bit too drunk to Yeah, after to that last drink and having a few more throughout the film, sort of decided, okay, we'll, we'll call it a night. And Well, they went home and we stayed yeah. a bit longer. Yeah. Because we were not too drunk, we were fine. We stayed for more of a dance. Yeah. Tried out some of our salsa moves. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shame that... Um, that she was so drunk because I think the night would have gone elsewhere yep. if she had been a bit more sober. And it would have been great to share a, ta- a taxi because they live just down the road from oh, us. Oh, yeah. It turned out that they, they live in the same part of London as we do. Yeah. A few roads far from us. About five minutes walk. Yeah. I was like, what are the chances? Yeah. By the time we woke up the next morning, they had already messaged us. Yeah, it was a good thing to wake up to. Yeah. And we became friends. Yeah, well, that... That was Sunday, so on the Sunday we went down to a local bar and had a great time chatting with them and a few drinks and like yeah. you said, they became they became friends. Unfortunately it didn't turn into more than that. There was not the vibe was not there anymore. No, it wasn't. I think that was more of a one night thing. She'd had a few drinks and exploring the buy side of herself. Yes, because also we learned after that that she had actually had girlfriends or at least had relationships with girls before. That's our second lifestyle experience. Yeah, partly lifestyle because in the end... I used to, yeah, don't know if it counts as lifestyle experience because it's a bit of kissing, a bit of groping, but that's really where our journey carried on. And we both realised that, you know, we had a lot of fun just meeting someone and some kissing and... And the fact that it wasn't expected as well, I really yeah, like that. Yeah. It wasn't expected and people around us, I, I don't know if you remember, because we were not the first row yep. and people were behind us and looked, well, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was shocked or interested or a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably enjoying the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But they were staring, definitely. There's also another experience which really stands out from when we met some people in the wild or met someone in the wild. Yes, uh, it was a year ago now. It was yes. New Year's Eve. 2017 to 2018. Yeah, so it yeah. was about a year ago. Yeah. And, uh, and it was again a girl, a single girl this time, who seemed into me. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was in a nightclub in Paris and we were just chatting initially and dancing and and then again you told me that she was into me, what didn't you? I don't remember if I told you or you picked it up this time because that was you'd learnt a lot more by then. Yeah. But I think she asked me at some point, Are you bi? I was like, Yes. <laughs> How did you guess? And and she told yes, me that it Mary. was it was obvious. <laughs> and she kissed me. Um that was a bit awkward because her sister was there too. <laughs> yeah, her sister was watching the whole time. Yeah. And the bartender. The whole night the bartender was flirting with you and you know Yeah, the bartender was quite nice. He got me free shots. Yeah. And um he he was into me because he when he was not behind the bar, he came next to me and whispered in my ear that was really pretty. So, so yeah, he was, yeah, he was watching, hoping that he could get some from you and then... And then I kiss a girl. <laughs> right in front of him. <laughs> I think yeah. everyone who was standing around sort of started watching as well. Well, again, it was in, um, in a non-lifestyle nightclub. It was just a regular Paris nightclub. So I don't think people were expecting anything like this. Yeah. I think it just happened because she was into me. I found her really attractive and yeah, we kissed. She wanted to uh give us her number as well, but she lived down in down south. The south of France, so we thought there's no point. Yeah, we're not going to head down there for a while. Yeah. Which in hindsight we did actually head down there last summer. Last summer, so about six months later, so we could have got in <laughs> touch and Yeah. Oh well. I think that's it for memorable experiences that um, we're not supposed to be swinging nights out and led to that, isn't it? Well, there was your birthday a few months ago. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's it's not exactly the same, but I, yes, I guess it, it is. And it definitely ended with far more than a kiss because I realise these, these last few stories actually have just been about kissing people when it hasn't come back to our flat but my birthday we definitely came back to my to the flat and to our bed but we'll save that one for another story down the road yes (laughs) (laughs) so how do we actually how do you notice that people are into you how do you know that people are open to doing that sort of thing i think it's probably a combination of um visual cues and uh, body language. Yeah. Yes. I'm not entirely sure yet. I mean, it's, it still happened recently and I wasn't sure. So it's... Um, well, Moulin Rouge, that was two years ago. No, no, but like the immersive dining experience uh, yeah, this yeah. weekend, it's quite recent and I wasn't too sure where I, where I stood. So I think I still have to learn a bit more. Well, I guess it's no different to if you're at a club or a bar or something and you're single and you're flirting with someone how can you tell that they're into you it's very very similar yeah but it's but there's more, the other element a bit more of, straightforward when you're single <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so there's another element of having both of you having partners or even not necessarily both of you having partners but if you're in a couple and they're single they perceive you as having a partner so you have to somehow make it clear that your partner's on board as well. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to to distinguish if it's just someone being a bit drunk and a bit flirty because they're drunk or 
just being flirty because then they're up for something more. Yeah. Because a lot of, uh, especially with women, a lot of women when they get drunk get really touchy-feely and, you know, um, I'm not sure how to express it, but and drunk woman sometimes you can think that she's hitting on you when she's not. She's just a bit drunk and... Being very friendly. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. Not as inhibited. Yeah. So that covers places where people are naturally more open to meeting. But how about on a more day-to-day basis? There's obviously websites and groups, meetups and events. But how do you know if that friendly couple who just moved in next door want to share more than a bottle of wine after their housewarming? So there are a lot of urban legends of everyday things which have symbolism attached to them. There's probably more truth to some of them than others. So we've had a bit of a, a bit of a look and made a quick list out of all the things that we've heard over the last couple of years people talk about and people discuss. So I think the first one, which is really starting to appear more places, is the black ring on the right hand. So that's, I think I remember hearing that on the Swap Foo podcast. I'm not sure where it originated, but that's a, a black ring on any finger on the right hand except the middle finger. The middle finger, I think, is reserved for asexuality. So out of respect, it's more keep it on one of the other fingers. Mm. Uh, It's just any old black ring. It doesn't have to be anything particular. Yeah. Well, the one I have is just ceramic, isn't it? Yeah. So we just actually bought some black rings a couple of weeks ago. Mine's too large, unfortunately. I have to send it back and buy a new one. But Sherry, you've worn yours out a couple of weeks. Yeah, I like it. It's quite pretty. Maybe that's what happened last night. They spotted the black <laughs> ring and knew. Maybe, maybe. There's also, I've heard on American podcasts and American websites about wearing your wedding ring on your right hand is supposed to be a symbol that you're in an open relationship. But that doesn't yeah. really work so well over in Europe because a lot in of In some countries, countries they do the right do ring period that's how yeah. how you wear it so i think poland they do spain spain you go to spain everyone's a swinger <laughs> <laughs> great we should go to spain <laughs> um i think yeah, germany potentially i don't know but a lot of countries do that and i wear my ring on my right hand anyway because i can't wear it on my left because of i broke my finger when i was little mm. so what are the other symbols that you've heard of for swinging um so there's things like the garden gnomes, which I don't know. I've, I remember seeing quite a few little old ladies that have garden gnomes in their garden. It might have been when I was just so young, I thought they were little old ladies, but actually they were. But maybe they were just in their 30s or 40s and they just seemed old at the time and there was more to them than I knew. Or maybe old ladies now swingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'd, I, I wouldn't take it at face value if i see a garden room i'm not gonna just think those people are swingers knock on the door say hey <laughs> up for a party tonight <laughs> <laughs> there's also the pineapple door knocker so what's that so you know you know the door knockers how, how do you explain door knocker it's, no i know what the door knocker <laughs> okay you know what a door knocker is okay good pineapple door knockers is well pineapples apparently have a lot of symbolism in the swinger lifestyle I've also heard of having a pineapple in your shopping cart but turned upside down the other way. That's probably coming from 
long, long time ago when pineapples were a symbol of being rich and being opulent. Yeah, but does that mean that you want to meet people in the supermarket? It's not really doing it for me. You never know. You could strike up a conversation and get talking and get their number. You don't have to, you know, go home from the supermarket with the person. No, no, of course not. But I don't find it a very sexy environment to meet new people. True. There's also the pampas grass. So the pampas grass is the, the cutty grass. It's quite serrated edges and it's got the tall the tall stalks with the fluffy flowers on the end. So, so they're the ones that when you're young and you chase people around with them, you can hit <laughs> each other. Them. Yeah, <laughs> flog each other. Oh, ah, I see where there it's come go. from now. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't really have a garden, so no, we can't, Hang we out can't have this <laughs> out the window. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, there's also white rocks as decorations for your front yard. Yeah, same. We don't have a front yard. No. But I think that's a very common decoration. So again, a bit misleading. Yeah, back my old flat, I remember the road next to mine I used to run down and there was a lot of houses that had white decorations mm. in their front yard or white rocks decorating their front yard. So it might be that I was just in a good in a good area. Or maybe, you know, if you have the white rocks plus the pampas grass plus the pineapple and the garden gnomes, then you're sure... Plus, apparently, flamingos. Oh, yeah. Pink flamingos. Two flamingos. Yeah. Two, not sure why two, but two pink flamingos. Yeah, representing the couple. Could be, could be. Yeah. Or just other pink and purple decorations. Why do you think pink and purple? I don't know. Sexy colours. Sexy colours, yeah. Or it could be part of the the bisexual flag. Yeah, but is it more purple than pink? It's pink, purple, blue. Mm, yeah. So we're missing the blue out of there. We need a blue gnome. Now we're onto it. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, and that one I knew about, is the myth that all swingers have a hot tub or jacuzzi in their garden. We definitely should get a hot tub. Like, I, I can get behind that. We don't have a we don't have enough room yet, <laughs> but in our next place, we'll get somewhere large enough to have a hot tub. That'll be great. <laughs> I'm not sure if that one's just a myth. I've heard it on Life of the Swing set as well. I think they're just trying to convince everyone to buy hot tubs. I think maybe also because um, a lot of uh, party places for swingers have hot tubs. And a lot of swingers do have hot tubs because it's a great place to, to start, start some fun. the evening, yeah. Or just another way you can tell people swingers. Like all of those, all of those seem really just finger in the ear. You know, you wouldn't rely on something being a, someone being a swinger just because they have any of those things. But something which we've probably noticed is couples that seem like they're a lot happier or into each other and in love. We always joke, oh, they must be swingers. Yeah, that that's an ongoing joke we have when we're looking around. Because now whenever we go out, we're just looking at people and uh, try to guess if, well, when we're in a non, non-swinging environment, if they're potentially could be swingers and sometimes we're like oh yeah they're very sexy and they look very happy and into each other they must be swingers that's our <laughs> ongoing joke <laughs> and sometimes we must get it right i'm sure I, I think so i think so more than we more than we suspect based on how many times we've been approached oh, i really wish I, ha- I had some kind of radar or a detection device because i think a lot more people are part of 
the lifestyle that we know of, but we can't tell. Yeah. Probably even some of our friends, but we just don't know. Yeah, until one of us comes clean. Ah, actually, something else I thought of that might be a good symbol for the lifestyle. Last year, yeah, it is last year now, we went to Cap Dagd and we stayed at uh, Jardin Didin mm-hmm. and we got a beach bag from there. Yeah, a bright purple shopping bag. Yeah, and on one side it says SDC, on the other side it says uh, Jardin Didin. Exactly. And we sometimes bring that when we go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I think, is a huge sign of blinking lights telling everyone if you see someone with that super shiny bag as well (laughs) it'll catch your eye if you're walking through the supermarket like you see that bag and you'll stop what you're doing go what's that purple bag so i think that is a surefire way to tell if someone is in the lifestyle is if they have some paraphernalia or some swag from a conference or from a club or from a um, resort that they were sty- staying yeah. at. Someone's but you wearing... have to know about the brands because yep. I didn't know about SEC until we got the bag um, because I hadn't really looked at the websites that exist. Yeah. So if you're just a swinger that goes to parties but don't know about um, the different brands or websites involved, or you if you haven't guess. searched outside what we use, because SDC isn't that big over in the UK. There's some much larger, much larger websites. And we don't use SDC, so you hadn't really looked at it. Yeah, which is not that bad in the end, because I wouldn't go around with a, a, a bag saying Swinger on it. <laughs> <laughs> but if it says SDC and only people who are in the lifestyle can guess, I'm fine with that. I, I just wouldn't want to, you know, be too obvious about it. Yeah, yeah. So on to the listener question. So because we only have two listeners, once again... We've got a question from a friend. So Sherry actually just texted a couple of her friends to find out what questions do you have? When I say a couple of friends, I mean the two friends who you've told. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just those two. The question that we got from them is, are all the women who are in the lifestyle bi? And that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure about what you would say, but... I think that most of them are, from my experience, from what we've seen. Some of them go into the lifestyle just to have sex with other men, but a lot of them go for the bisexual experience. What do you think? I think, like you said, a lot of women in the lifestyle are bi, but at the same time, there are many women in the lifestyle who aren't bi. So there shouldn't be an assumption that just because a woman is at a swinger event that she wants to interact with other women. It should be the same. You should be just as not cautious, but respectful when you approach another woman and not assume that she's into, not not assume that she is bi. And even if she was bi, she's not necessarily into you anyway. So I think whoever you approach, you always have to just check that they're willing and consenting to be approached. Yeah, I think I think there is a disproportionate, or there is definitely a disproportionate number of women who want bisexual experiences compared to men in the lifestyle, or at least men who admit it. I think we should probably keep that for another episode. Men All right, men by men. 
We could, yeah. we could do a whole episode on bisexuality and bi men. I think, and that's just my opinion, that most women are more or less bi. Um, and on the spectrum of from lesbian to straight and with a percentage of each. Is that the, the Kinsey scale? Oh, I don't know about that. It's uh, from zero to seven about sexuality and zero is, I think, completely straight and seven is completely, completely gay. gay. Yeah. And then it's people who call themselves straight usually sit around zero or one and then the closer you get to the middle numbers the more bisexual you become and it's not like you sit at a particular number it's not like you're you're completely bisexual all the time to the same level it certainly changes based on the day your mood what you had for breakfast <laughs> yeah I, I i think i've um, i've definitely grown more bisexual with time and with my experience of women um I think I always was interested in, in women. I have memories of when I was a teenager and I was interested. So that's always been there. But the more I've explored it, the more it's affirmed itself as a side of my sexuality too. So that's, yeah, I'm on the spectrum towards the seven a bit more than before. Right, so if anyone has a listener question, please do submit it to us and we'll try and put it onto our show. So if you want to submit a question, you can find us on Twitter at Kiwi and Sherry, that's all one word. You can email us at kiwiandsherry at gmail.com and you can find our website on www.sharingiscaringpodcast.com. I'll put all of our contact information into the show notes. So thank you very much for joining us on our second episode of Sharing is Caring. Join us next time to continue the journey. And remember, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring.